With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week and my name is Cameron Bell and it is a privilege to be talking to you after what I think has been a little bit of a tough week uh, in the Rangers world and here to join me and talk about all of those kind of things which I'm sure is going to be uh, an interesting chat for sure. Is one of my very good friends, Mr Colin McMillan. Colin, thank you for jumping on and joining me. It's um, It's been a sore one, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, hi Cammy. thanks for having me on. Um, it's always a pleasure to do these shows both on here and on Patreon and talk about Rangers, but some weeks are harder than others, and it has certainly been one of those, I think, this week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Colin, obviously as part of the extra show, what we want to be able to do is have a wee preview towards uh, the upcoming game, which obviously for this weekend is at Ibrox against Kilmarnock, and we will come on to that, but I think we need to talk a little bit around the the fallout of the League Cup final, what's, what's been happening at that stage. Now, I'm maybe using interesting language there because when I say fallout what I mean is you know our reaction to it unlike certain other clubs that you could mention the fallout isn't you know having to uh, chase referees down the street etc and you know how could we possibly lose quite rightly there's been a lot of internalizing I think in terms of uh, you know what the 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 performance could have been in terms of what we actually saw the 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 team selection etc etc I'm going to talk a little bit as well about the press conference which happened earlier on today at the Rangers Training Centre. We'll come into that kind of detail. But Colin, first of all, I kind of want to just kind of get a gauge from you. How have you been dealing with things over the last few days? How have you, how's your life around Rangers kind of been impacted by the fact that yet again we've got back to a stage where we are attending a cup final and we just look out of sorts and it just it just doesn't feel right? Well, how do I describe this, Cammy? Um you know how when you have a, a, an argument with your wife or your partner or whatever and for a couple of days afterwards it's best that you just don't say anything to each other? 
Yes. That's kind of how my week's gone. Um, I said to David after the post-match on Sunday that I was probably going to not be scrolling Twitter as much as I usually do, because I am quite keen on Twitter at the, at the best of times. Um, I was going to dip in and out of the WhatsApp groups and the follow-follow and everything like that, and I've kind of done that up until today. Today's the first football-related pod I've recorded since Sunday. So I've kind of immersed myself back in it today, watched the press conferences, got a little bit involved, a little bit more in the chats and stuff, but I always knew that if it didn't go our way on Sunday, everybody, including myself, was going to be unhappy and we would be setting fire to the world and maybe the most rational of thoughts wouldn't be the most forthcoming. So I've just tried to really avoid it all and I've watched a, I've watched a couple of box sets this week, been quite busy at work and just tried to distract myself from it, mate. And I've, I actually do feel all the better for it. But today, getting back into it, watching the pressers, looking ahead to Saturday, um, there is no better sort of cure than going to iBooks at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. It's not going to be the best atmosphere this weekend. People are still going to be down, but it's the best place to be after something like this. Yeah, and as I said to you before, we will talk a little bit around what we expect to see on Saturday. And I'm I'm going to use words like expect to see, demand to see, etc. Because I think that the, the the feeling that you've been speaking about there, Colin, is something which I've kind of touched on on, on previous shows before, which is it's been it's been really strange because we look at our run of form and the the impact that Michael Beale has come in since uh, you know taking over the the top job at Rangers, and I think the biggest thing that's been quite weird to me is that he, he's had a near perfect start, you know, a near perfect start, three or four minutes away from winning an old firm game at Ibrox. And, you know, we would have been sitting with a 100% record since he joined us. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, we drew to Celtic in a game that we probably should have won. And it's just felt to me like there, there just has been this disconnect. Now, what I attributed this to, and again, it's only my opinion, so I'm, I'm happy to, to, to try and defend myself if people disagree, but what, one of the things I kind of said with that is it felt like as if we'd been disconnected to the players, to the squad because we think that they've underachieved, we, you know that's our that's our opinion in terms of what's happened across the course of the season thus far. We're starting to get back into uh, a, a a style of play, a, a blueprint, which again, as I say, I think most people have said, you know, they've they've, they've missed. And you can see what Michael Beale is trying to do. The results have been fantastic. I think the performances have left questions, and. So we've kind of been in this little bit of this kind of no man's land where you understand what's going on, you understand, you accept what's going on, but what frustrates you more than anything else is you want to believe that this group of players can turn this around and that they can win people back over. And I don't, I don't think it's happening. I, don't, I just don't think you know it, it's up till Sunday. It's just been the case that we've felt well, we could be doing more. We should be doing more. If only we had seen performances like these from the beginning of the season to now, you know that would have been that would have been fantastic. There's obviously more context around that in terms of Van Bronckhorst's style of play or lack thereof, and what's happened. I feel now that since Sunday, what I am seeing and reading and speaking to people about is a real shift towards some of that going towards Michael Beale. I think that, you know, as we've covered on, on you know, the shows, David's flagship show at the beginning of the week, uh, the the start in 11 was a mistake. Um, from today's press conference, as I, as I understand it, John Lundstrom 
more or less said that he felt he was fit, but in actual fact he probably wasn't, and therefore, you know, he was disappointed in his own performance. And you know, yeah, 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 we've heard that story before. You know, we need to apologise to the fans. We can do better. You know, we've heard all of that. But one of the things I think is quite interesting, Colin, for me is that I'm certainly hearing and seeing more around where this falls at Michael Beale's responsibility, where it falls at his feet to be able to learn from this. That's the that's the minimum we can do now because we can't go back in time. We can't change the result. Unlike other teams, you know, we will accept the fact that we have been beaten fairly. We will look at our responsibility within that, that Michael Beale has to be able to learn from this now and show that he's learned from it. He absolutely does, yeah. And listen, one of the first things you said um, there was about a, a disconnect or a lack of trust or a lack of feeling towards some of this squad and some of these players at the minute. And I think there, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one of them, Cami, is that the the form has been great. We have won every game, bar that old firm game in the league prior to Sunday. There is the performances have been something else. They've been up and down. They've not quite reached levels we would like. But performance-wise, eh, sorry, results-wise, it's been excellent. But it doesn't mean all that much, Cammy, when you start off nine points behind. Um, had this been a start of the season form, then we would be high as a kite. We would think Michael Bull was doing wonderful. But it's very, very hard to get excited about a run of form like this when you start this run of form nine points behind and you finish it nine points behind. There's not been any sort of progression on that. If you look at the league table compared to this time last season, we're actually doing better points wise than we were this then this day this time in the league last year. We're a, we're a point or two points better off. But the problem is that our nearest competitors are ten points better off than they were at this time last season. So as well as the form being good and getting the results and getting the victories, it's not meaning anything because we're still where we were when Michael Beale came in. Um as well as that, the two matches that haven't went our way, the league game where we drew against Celtic and then Sunday where we lost to Celtic. If you look at this league and look at what's important, it's going to be the games against Celtic. More often than not, they are certainly going to beat the rest of the league pretty much 99 times out of 100. And we're going to do it most of the time as well. So to actually gauge success, to actually look at something to build upon and think we could get this league back next season, we could be top dogs again, it's going to come down to the matches against Celtic. And so far we've had a game at home and a game in neutral grounds and we haven't won either of them. Um, so that for me is it's the two main reasons I think why people aren't quite as bought into this. It's also the performances not been the the actual performances not been as good as we would like to see. Had we been blowing these teams away and scoring four or five goals on regular occasions, I think people might be more bought into this as well. But I think what they're seeing as at the moment is a Rangers team who are getting the results, keeping in track with where they were. But when the big games have came up against them, we haven't seen the progress yet. We haven't seen a victory against them. And until Michael Beale gets a victory over Celtic, bear in mind he's only done it, he's only had the opportunity to do it twice, there's always going to be a question over him. And it's going to be massive what he does in this next game against them. Um, and remember, this next game against them is away from home, which makes it even more difficult uh, with, the, with the, way the, the way the attendance is for these games now. So it's not going to get any easier. Um, but until he beats Celtic and shows that he is learning something from these matches and then getting something out of the next one, these questions are going to remain, Gammy, I think. Yeah, so I, I, I totally agree with that. There's a there's a couple of things in that, though, to, to just kind of unpack as well, because I think that you're, you're, the current challenge facing them splits into two separate things. First of all, there is about him being able to try and, and 
put in a, a, a blueprint or a design of how he wants to be able to try and play. But the second and more larger piece around that is um, what he's looking to do with regards to his, his, his squad transition. Now, what I think is interesting, I'm going to read this out from the press conference today, Colin, right? So we're recording this on, on Thursday evening. So this happened earlier on this afternoon. So uh, when he was asked around the summer and obviously what was happening and, and the level of changes, he said, but we know come the summer, it's an interesting moment for the club in terms of changing the makeup of the group. I've sat in front of you before and said that I think 25% of the squad will turn over. I've said that in one of my first meetings. I'm sticking by that. That's still the case. Now, he has mentioned before, I think he kind of talked about maybe, I think it was two, three or four players that was talking about. So he's, he's roughly in that ballpark, probably a little bit more, obviously, in case anyone hasn't heard as well. Um, James Sands has, has now left Rangers to go back to uh, New York because the MLS season is about to kick off. I think most people predicted that that was going to happen. So he, he mentioned before about trimming the squad down and trimming the size down, that that overall has, that overhaul has to happen in order for him to be able to get, a, a, I think, a squad, a first 11, a design of or, or template for how he wants to play and energy that he wants to see within the team. Because I think you saw it again, Colin, on, on Sunday past, there's a lack of energy for how we start some of this. And you mentioned some of the results that were spoken about versus the performances. Um, sometimes we've started games very slowly. And in some instances, you know, we've, we've had to concede before it looks like we've started to come out the blocks. We're not in a good enough position to be able to do that every single time. This isn't like Walter's teams back in the 90s, where you could take a bit of a punch in the chin by a team taking the lead against you, but you knew you were still going to win 3 or 4-1. So it wasn't that much a, an issue back then. Now, it just feels like Beal has to, to have such a transition. It's going to be huge. And what you're hearing now, I think, is a lot of dialogue around you know, all of our players from, you know, last couple of windows, by and large, John Suter's the only remaining survivor on the back of that. Um, we've had injuries, etc., etc. I need faith that Beal understands what level of change is required and the fact that we are going to naturally see some of the squad leave either through retirement, end of contracts, etc. Yeah, I think we, we, we all have to hope that is the case. He has certainly seen the right things in recent press conferences around that. I know he mentioned today he, he, he thinks the team is short of three or four quality first-pick players that can come in and make the difference that he thinks we need. Um, he says that he's identified some players that can come in and do that, and the club themselves have also identified others. So the next big question from that, as always, Cammy, is are the club going to go out and make that happen? He did speak about his thoughts on the squad today and um, did the weekend help him make up his mind about some of the players and the futures of some of them, and he said it did as well. Um, we've got these contracts hanging over our heads with Ryan Kent, with Alfredo Morelos. We've got a massive goalkeeping situation to sort in the summer as well um, because we're probably going to need to bring in one, possibly two goalkeepers. Um, he does need the time though, Cammy. He does need the windows to do this. He wasn't joining us with a squad that was in a good place, with a lot of young players with potential to do better. He was joining a team with a squad that probably should have been further broke up prior to him coming in, and it wasn't. So he spoke uh, all the press conferences up to January and during January about how important January was, but he did always had the caveat that the summer was more important. Um, about midway through January, we hadn't signed anybody. I noticed quite a subtle change in him in the press conferences when he started talking not about targets for January, he started talking about targets for January or the summer. 
And that kind of wet my whistle a little bit in terms of how many we expected to bring in in January, how many we were actually going to do, and how much emphasis was going to get put onto the summer. The summer is going to be absolutely huge for us. Um, I think Michael Beale deserves the time to bring in the squad and make the changes that he wants to make and bring in the players that he thinks can make a difference. If you look at what he's done in January, uh, bringing in Todd Cantwell and bringing in Nicola Raskin, then it looks so far, and it is early doors, but it does look like he's brought in two quality players that can come into the starting eleven and can make a difference. Why they didn't do that on Sunday is a completely different question for him, um, which I still don't really understand why. But in terms of picking players and getting quality ones that can make a difference, I think he's two for two on that so far. Um, however, two for two isn't enough for where we're at and for the gap we need to pull and um, for what we, what we need to achieve as a club. So the summer's absolutely huge. But some of the hysteria around him this week and people starting to question him, I think it's far too early to question a manager that's come in and managed to get his winning. Might not have got the performances, but he's got his winning. And he's got the form back that the previous manager couldn't do. And he needs given that time, I think, to make his squad, bring in his players and get them playing the way he wants them to. And I don't think we'll fully see that from a playing point of view until after a full pre-season in the summer. And also from an actual player point of view, when he's hopefully able to bring in the players that he wants to bring in. But again, that's going to enter a whole new bunch of questions, Cammy, in terms of budgets and how he's going to be able to do that. We'd expect Tillman to sign. That's £5 million straight away. Um, that's going to be a big chunk, you would imagine, of a summer budget. So where, where else do you get this quality from without spending a lot of money that we don't seem to have? Yeah, but <clears throat> there's probably people listening to this now who will think, you know, the phrase, we've got a big summer coming, Chris, you could just, people could get tattoos of that. We've said it every single season, yeah. you know, for the last however many years. Do you mean? And I think, you know, to your point, and listen, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. The, 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 the devil's dick advocate in me is also then turning around and saying, but yet he signed these guys, they've come in and they've impressed, but yet they were dropped for Sunday in a game that they probably should have started in. But, I, I agree with you. I think that there's obviously there's mitigation around that. He has to, you know, he's working with these players and he knows who's fit and who he can rely upon and who he can deal with at that point as well. Um, and I, it comes back to what I said before, Colin, about this has to be an opportunity for Beale to learn. Um, he is going to get the summer, but I think he's going to be on, on a short leash in terms of being able to then spend between now and... The, the 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 end of end of August or whenever you know next season kicks off to say, okay, so show us what you've done, show us what you've learned now that you brought in some of these players that you wanted, got rid of some of the players that you wanted out the door, because I think he I think you know he, he has he obviously won't outright say it, but I think it's quite clear, especially from his body languages and the pressers from some of the statements that he's made that there are players that he knows have ran their course at Rangers. But listen, this is probably us, in my opinion, play, paying the price for sentimentality for players that we probably should have seen go out the door before now. And players who have probably felt like they've achieved what they could achieve at Rangers, maybe it's time to move them on as quickly as we can. And we're going to have to accept the fact and just swallow the fact that, you know, whereas previously we might have thought about getting a decent price for them, that isn't going to happen, and so we just have to we just have to accept it and move on. Yeah, there's there's brave decisions need to get made from an elderly player point of view. Maybe elderly is not the wrong word, but players at the tail end of their careers, guys that maybe got extra contracts last season that maybe looking back maybe wasn't the right thing to do. 
and players that have got contracts expiring. Um, the two, if we look at the two players with contracts expiring, because that's the main ones that people talk about, because I think people kind of understand that your Scott Arfield, your Alan McGregor's, etc., your Stephen Davises are more than likely going to go away, go and leave at the, at the end of this season. Stephen Davis might hang around you at the injury situation, we don't know, but the other two, I think, are certainly going to go. In terms of Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos, we have a decision to make, and it's twofold here. We're actually deciding on them as not just as players and what they can offer us now and their form between now and the end of the season. I think, rightly or wrongly, there's also there's also another element into the decision-making process, and it's around securing these two players with the hope that they become assets again. And I think that's a risky strategy, certainly for Alfredo Morelos and potentially for Ryan Kent as well. Um, we spent, what, £7 million on Ryan Kent? Um are we ever going to get that back for him again um, on his current form? Probably not. Alfredo Morelos is never going to be a £50 million player again. We're never going to entertain or even dream of fees like that coming in. So getting him to sign another year's contract or a two-year contract or something like that with the hope that he's suddenly going to reverse all the negative aspects to his game and his lifestyle and get back the, the alpha that we saw against Porto and the alpha we saw in Europe so many times. It's a risky strategy, Cami, and I think in some ways we could potentially benefit from just ripping off that sticky plaster and just letting these guys go or letting one of them go for sure, invest in the wages that they get currently elsewhere in the team and see what we can do with it. But it's a, it's a massive ask and it's a massive question and I think there is, it's kind of multifaceted, which makes it all the more difficult for Michael Beale, for Ross Wilson and for whoever else is involved in this decision-making process. Um, you also, it, it's very difficult to turn over half a squad or a third of a squad in one window. We're just we're not going to be able to do that as well. So sometimes you need to pick the ones that in an ideal world you probably would replace um, and maybe keep them going. I, I think people like Ryan Jack potentially come into that category. Ryan Jack on form, fantastic player, offers a hell of a lot to us, but he's not always on form and he's not always fit. He's got a massive bonus going from that he's homegrown and Scottish, so he fits that criteria, which I think will help him and it might actually help him stick around. However, there's just so many questions to ask all around the team, Cami, in terms of who goes, who stays, where we bring in and where we prioritise prioritise coming in. And it's it's one thing I don't envy Michael Beale and everyone else having those decisions to make because they're going to get hopefully most of it right. They're not going to get all of it right. And you can be sure as hell that us and everybody else will be here debating the ones they don't get right more than the ones they get wrong. Well, more than the ones they get correct, sorry. Well, see, it's interesting you mentioned uh, the idea of being able to re-sign Kent and Morelos with a view to potentially selling them on. So I don't I don't subscribe to that theory because I think what we've seen from Alfredo Morelos more recently is a return to form. And I think that you've seen a shift in people's mindset towards them to say, Actually, now I probably would re-sign him. Beforehand, I wouldn't. And the reason why they're saying that is because he's scoring goals and because he's putting in performances. In order to sell him, he'd have to be performing well in order to be able to get that. So I suppose really what I'm trying to say, Colin, is if you're the Rangers board and you want to be able to then say, right, let's offer Morelos a decent deal, because it will have to be a decent deal. I, I hope not more than what he's getting at the moment, but you know, a renewed contract with decent terms, all of that kind of stuff. It's because we would then look at could we get as a as a a resellable asset. So someone comes in and gets them down the line. Therefore, what we're looking at is playing him. He's scoring goals. Things are going great. Jobs are good. And 
And the Rangers fan base would have to accept the fact that people who would re-sign him now on the premise that we would resell him, you're telling me that Rangers fans would accept selling Alfredo Morelos in January, for example, and it could cost us a league if we're in a, in a league-winning position because of the goals that he scored. I don't know how that syncs up. I don't know how... how I, I just can't see that happening because I think that the more goals he scores what we've seen at the moment, the more people want to keep him. If he keeps that trend up, people will not want to get rid of him. So it, it feels like it's a bit of a a bit of a fallacy, if I'm being honest. I don't know maybe if that's just me just wishing that we would maybe be able to do that a little bit more realistically because that's what people are saying is, uh, you know, we know that we won't get the top dollar that we were potentially, or what we were offered for Alfie before, but what we do want to be able to do is get him sold for a decent chunk of change because we know when he's on form, he's a great player. For him to do that, he has to excel at his performance to be able to attract uh, to attract buyers. Yeah, he certainly does. And I, I honestly don't think um, if that was a strategy they were looking at, I don't think January would be time enough to do it. The fact that he's available in a Bosman just now, Cami, and the only interest that we're aware of so far has came from Turkey and not from one of the big Turkish clubs either. And we've seen enough. If you even just look at previous Rangers players who went to Turkey and have had to go to court to get wages and stuff like that, it's not the place to be going. It's certainly not the place for a Fredo Morelos to be going, I don't think. Um, so the fact that he's available on a free just now and there's not clubs knocking down the door desperate to get him means I think he'd probably have to do a hell of a lot more than good performances between now and then half a season up until January. I just think longer term, they might think that if we get him back, get him performing, we get a turnout of him for a year, a year and a half on a new contract. We've then got an asset where maybe a year and a half left to go that they can then cash in on. And from a business point of view, that does kind of make sense. But again, with Alfredo Morelos, Cami, you know better than anybody because you feel stronger about him than I do. Um, it's a gamble because you just don't know what you're getting with him. He's, 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 he's really is an anomaly because for all he's done for us and for all the times he's let us down and stuff, it doesn't matter whether you're at Ibrox Cammy or at Hamden at the weekend. Who gets the biggest cheer when that team gets read out every week? It's Alfredo Morelos. Exactly. And it doesn't matter why or what he does. It's still him. He's still seen by the vast majority of fans as the man. Um, I, I don't quite know how sometimes. I suppose when you're a goal scorer, sometimes the goals are all that matters and it kind of blinds everybody for everything else. Um, but there is that dream, I think, of him coming back to form, doing well for us for a year, a year and a half, and then getting the profit that we all thought we were going to get 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. So like you say, I think it's, a, it's an interesting one to be able to try and go for. Colin, let's look a, a little bit towards uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, and I mentioned before when we're talking about what we are expecting from the team and from the manager in terms of our performance and our return to form. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I know this is going to sound incredibly you know, entitled because, um, you know, we are talking about the fact that we lost a, a League Cup final. For most teams, they'd feel lucky to be able to be in that position. I, I don't agree. As a Rangers fan, I think that we should be in every final going and competing for every tournament, uh, competing in every tournament that we can get our hands on. I want to talk to you a little bit around the reaction and what you are expecting um, against Kilmarnock. My head... <laughs> Or I should say, my heart. I'll go. I'll go positive first. My heart tells me that I can put belief in this Rangers team, this manager, and this squad to to recuperate um, from a, a, a substantial loss. Right? There's no getting away from it. Right? Let's not, you know, pretend otherwise. 
it has been a, a body blow for us because no one ever likes losing to Celtic. You like losing them even less when it's a cup final. So my heart is telling me that they will understand that. They will want to be able to go and make an impression against a team that's currently sitting 11th in the table. Um, you know, four points off bottom. Um, I don't think they've... I think they've won one game in five, something like that, I can't remember. Um, really out of form. It's there for us to be able to try and, and, and have the taken. My head, however feels like as if it's actually going to be the case of we should win this game pretty easily, but we're not going to. And I can only base that on previous evidence where at times where, and I'll come back to even, you know, Ross County following hearts, etc. We should be putting in a performance and we've really struggled to do so. I just, and it's probably that disconnect, that lack of trust within the team. Where are you thinking, or what what do you hope that the response is coming back from this now? Similar to you, Cammy, I think my hope and my expectation are probably two separate things. Um, I hope that they go into this game on Saturday with a point to prove. I hope they go out and start all guns blazing. I think an early goal is essential, because I think if we go 15, 20 minutes without scoring on Saturday, then the crowd is going to turn. Um, not in a, in a bad way, but I just think they're, going to be, they're already going to be frustrated. They're already going to be annoyed from last weekend and they'll be expecting the same reaction as you and I and if they don't get it quickly then they'll make that heard and Ibrox can be a big lonely place when the crowd turns like that um, we've seen clubs like Kilmarnock perform like Kilmarnock Cammy with players as bad as Kilmarnock's players come and still be able to frustrate us and us make a bit of a dog's dinner of it so I could quite easily see us scraping a 1-0 win or something like that and just getting through the game Um I genuinely don't expect us to, to drop points. I just don't think we will do that. Um, what I'm not confident about is getting the performance that I think we do demand and we do deserve after last week. I think the lineup will be totally different. I think the two new signings will come straight back in. I know there's positive news today coming out of the press conference in terms of fitness. Um, there's no new injury issues after the weekend. You've got guys like John Suter coming back into the squad this weekend. Um, you've got Gidvan Rilmaz, who is going to be ready not for this game, but for the next one, apparently. So we are starting to see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel in terms of all that. Um, but it's these players that have experienced the lows of Sunday, having to pick themselves back up and start once again this the same run of form that they had before Sunday. That run of form we had in the league prior has to just continue and kick off again. We can't be too down. We can't be too sad for ourselves. We can't be too despondent. We need to just get right into this game and show that we're Rangers, we're at home, we're against Kilmarnock, and it should be a comprehensive victory with a decent result, a decent a decent performance on the pitch. That's what I expect, it's what I want to see. But as we've discussed with this team over the last um, the last couple of years and stuff, what you expect and what should happen doesn't always happen. And I think we'll know, I think we'll know pretty early, I think we'll know in the first 10 minutes how Saturday's going to go. And I just hope it's, it's the first 10 minutes is a positive one. See, that's what's interesting because you mentioned that point there around, you know, I don't think we'll drop points. I don't think we'll drop points either. Like, I'm not, I don't want to be a naysayer about it. But what I mean by that is, like, I, I, I don't expect us to win. I demand that, that, that we win. And I think that that's a, that's a, a completely fair, um, you know, demand to make. What I do fully expect is that we're going to make it hard work for ourselves because we've done it in the past, especially in games where we think, and I know that people will say, well, you know, they are in a relegation dogfight. Uh, you know, they, they, you know, they're fighting for their lives. Blah blah blah. Chat. I understand all of that, but I suppose really what I'm, I'm, 
I get frustrated about Colin is that these should be games that should be relatively straightforward. Um, we have uh, an abundance of better players than Kilmarnock. Um, I know anyone can win a football game and football's played in paper. Name your cliche, right? Insert it here. But what I would say though is, I want a strong. Pro- I want them to be able to come out. And again, I don't know if this is entitlement or not on my part, but I kind of want an apology. I want an apology from this team for the fact that we didn't play well in the League Cup final. We lost the League Cup um, because we we didn't pick the right eleven. We didn't perform well enough. We didn't prepare ourselves. Whatever, however you want to put it, right. But this is where I would say that the team and the manager have got an opportunity now to be able to come out and say we understand where it hasn't been good enough. We're going to use this now to show you that we are serious about what we're attempting to do here. It's not just words. It's not just platitudes. It's not just cliches. We are serious about um, winning every game from now until the end of the season and certainly for sure been able to go in with a decent run of confidence if we get to the Scottish Cup final. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Between now and the end of the season, they just need to... Do you remember under under Stephen Gerrard, the, the season was split into these little chunks, wasn't it? Almost like international window to international window. We probably just need to, to look at the between now and the end of this season as as one sort of mini-season and treat it as such. We need to look to reduce that gap as, as much as we possibly can um, just to show that we can do that, to show that we can actually reduce the deficit between us and them. We need to do well in the remaining two old firm games in the league and we must, we must defend our Scottish Cup. Um, we have to end this season on a high. Um, I, I'm not going to. If, if we don't win the Scottish Cup, Cami, I'm not going to be saying Michael Beale should leave or anything like that. I think he deserves a summer. I think he deserves a proper run at it. Um, summer wise, um, getting the the actual summer break to bring the team together, he gets a chance to bring in his players and stuff like that. But I do think for his bit, it would really really benefit him if he if he's got a trophy to hold up as a manager before the end of this um, summer uh, before the end of this season. And the Scottish Cup's going to be the only opportunity to do that. So, yes, by all means, John Lundstrom said today success would be getting to a final. He said that, I think, twice during the press conference. Then finally corrected himself and said it would be, it'd be winning it. But it absolutely has to be winning it because we need to see some success. We deserve success for everything we've put into this club over the last couple of years. And it's the least we can expect from these players. So, yeah, that run of form needs to start again, starting on Saturday. I want to see a performance. I want to see a performance on Saturday, Cammy, where we're doing so well that at half time we can get guys like Lowry on, we can maybe get Leon King on, we can maybe bring John Suter on and get some minutes in his legs as well. That's the kind of performance I want to see where we're doing so well, we're so far ahead, we can actually use the five subs, not to try and rescue the game, not to try and steal the points, but to use the squad and benefit the players. That's my kind of bare minimum for Saturday. It's not just a win. It's not just a performance, it's actually getting to see more of the squad and making use of it in that regard. It's the least I think they can do for us and I don't think we are being um, greedy to expect that or demand that come Saturday either. No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Just looking at all that, and you, you can mention that point there, obviously John Souter was mentioned in the press conference is, is fit to the ton. Uh, Yilmaz, um, you know, there's, there's some game time which I think he has to be able to try and get if we can... Uh, get him involved potentially, you know, I'd say a bounce game or whatever else as well, as long as he can get back, back into it and stuff. There has to be, I think, we, we mentioned there, and I just kind of want to finish up on this, Colin, as well, because I think that from now on, for the remaining games of the season, and I'd love to be able to then say that, you know, we, we, we are in a position that we think that we can lay a glove on Celtic. I think Celtic 
I think Celtic could lose a couple of games and still win the league because I don't trust us enough not to be able to try and drop points when it comes to the crunch because I've got a real question now over this team's character. But in terms of those guys being able to come back into, I think what Beal now has to say, new signings excluded, and I would include Suter and Yilmaz under that because, you know, guys like Lawrence, etc. because these guys haven't had much kind of game time out the back of that. Rabbi Matondo, I think, has now fallen off a cliff. He's completely out of the picture. But what I would then say to these guys who are not out of contract, not some of the senior players that you had mentioned earlier on, um, this is a running audition as to whether or not you still want to be at this club at the beginning of the next season. We are going to make change, which I believe actually that the players believe in, by the way. I actually think that they want to see signings being able to come in and give the squad a boost. But I think he has to be able to say, you know, from here on in, it's a running audition for you guys to be able to consider yourselves here for next for next season. Now, we know we're all big boys and girls, right? So we know that it's not going to be the case that he can get rid of absolutely everybody. But he has to be able to see who's committed to that plan and who isn't. He absolutely does, yeah. Um, basically, the, the squad are playing for the Rangers' future, aren't they? If there's going to be a big, massive clear-out, if you want to be here for part of that and not one of the ones that's actually leaving... It's up to the players between now and the end of the season to prove they deserve to be in the squad and deserve to be playing. Um, I'm excited about Yilmaz coming back in in particular. Um, I, I think we get him fit. I think they said he needs to play a bounce game or a B-team game, then he'll be ready for Rafe Rovers. I think you bring him in. I think we've seen enough from Borna over the years, Cammy, and that we know what he can do and what he can't do. And I think Yilmaz does offer something slightly different in terms of Borna's greatest asset is his crossing. His crossing's absolutely brilliant. I've seen few players at the club better at crossing than Borna is. Unfortunately, though, when he's doing these excellent crosses, we've usually got one guy in the box, and the the, the, the team we're playing we usually get three big, massive defenders. So as good as the crosses are, they're not all that effective all the time, whereas Yilmaz is able to play, he's able to play clever balls kind of through the middle. Um, he kind of plays the ball into the box um, from from the centre of positions rather than the wide, which I think we'll get more success from. So I'm up to seeing him. Lawrence coming back, I think will be a huge difference maker as well. These are guys that we've been kind of robbed of this season that are going to kind of make a big difference. I'm not going to say the horrible tabloid-esque, they'll be like new signings, but they'll be they'll be like uh, they'll be difference makers, Cammy, that we've not been able to have between now and between now and the start of the season because of various injuries and stuff like that. Um they'll come in and make a difference when they come back. John Suter, I think, is always going to have his injury issues. I think he's always going to be an issue. I, I think if he can get over them, he'd be a great asset in terms that he's Scottish. If he hits that quota when fit, he's a quality player. He, he could he could play for Rangers. He's certainly good enough. It's his body that's always the question. We just need to see how that one goes. But yeah, for the other players, there's, there's some I think that already know they're on their way out. I think those senior guys know that it's come to the end of the road for them and it's time for them to move on. There's another core group of players where there's still questions to be had and um, they are the ones that really have to show between now and the end of the season that they want to stay here and they deserve to be here. Um, And also, just don't get me wrong, there's a group of players there that should stay, Cammy, and deserve to stay and I hope they do and they're the ones that make the difference, have been making the difference and they're the ones that could hopefully inspire others as well. But yeah, there's a few out there that I think have got points to prove and basically got their future to, to fight for and we've seen over the years that very, very few players, Cammy, leave this club and go on to do better things. They certainly, very few go on to play in a bigger stage. Very few go on to play somewhere where you're expected to win every game, where you're challenging for honours every single season. They might go and make more money. They might go and do various bits and pieces like that, but they'll be sitting down the bottom of league tables. 
they'll be playing in front of 15, 20,000 every second week and stuff like that. I think these players do want to stay. I think they do want to be part of it. But I want to play for Rangers, Cammy. I'd love to be part of it, and I'm not. And it doesn't go, you don't just get it because you want it. So they need to show it. And um, I hope we've got something to enjoy watching between now and the end of the season. And that puts us into next season in a happy, confident place and a much better place relationship wise with these players. Um, a lot fonder of them and a lot more expectant of what they can do for us. Yeah, very true. I mean, you say, you know, a happy place. I want it. I, I want killers. I want guys out there who are so ruthless that it's win at all costs and, you know, they don't show a, a temerity towards the start of games where they also then feel that they have to be able to um, ease themselves into it. And also, more than anything else, I don't want a Rangers team that thinks that it's sporting to be able to try and give the opposition a decent game by allowing them to score first. So, yes, that would be all lovely jubbly. Um, so, as I say, it's over to, to Michael Beale and the squad now uh, for Saturday. If everyone is heading along to Ibrox, then, as I say, I'm fairly sure that we will see a result. I'm, I'm confident of that, but I would love us to be able to try and put a performance that says that we can recover from a setback, and that is what we need to be able to try and do after Michael Beale's first defeat. Um, my exec- my thanks to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. If you've enjoyed listening to Colin and I, and as we've mentioned a couple of times throughout the show, please jump over to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you'll be able to take up to five shows a day from as little as two quid a month. It's uh, the best value that you can have for all your Rangers content. Colin, thank you so much for, for joining me this week, my friend. As I say, post-match, uh, sorry, post-Celtic defeats are always difficult to do. Um, but thank you very much for coming on and, and, and uh, sticking your head above the parapet because I know that you've been kind of laying low for the last couple of days. And that's an absolute pleasure, mate. Four days on, I think it's time to come out front of my rock and uh, try and understand where we're at and where we need to be. So it's a delight to talk to you. And if anything, it's got me up for the weekend. So I hope it's got the listeners up for it as well. Good man yourself. Listen, folks, thanks so much for listening. Davey will be back with Flagship um, on Monday. And in case you have missed it, um, we have now released uh, the the first parts of Martin's Dominance series, which is uh, based on not only the book, which he has just um, announced that uh, is due for release, I think, in March. Uh, But it's a show that's been on our Patreon site and, in my opinion, is one of the best shows that we've ever released in uh, nearly five and a bit years of, of, um, of podding. It's absolutely phenomenal. So we've now released uh, those shows on the, the place where you usually get your podcasts. Uh, so please jump in and give them a listen. Trust me, you will absolutely uh, love every single second of it. Really insightful, some great content in there and a great accompaniment to the book as well, which um, will be coming with you very, very shortly. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll speak to you again on Monday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.